0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the panel discussion. It's not going to be a standard panel discussion. It's a Q&A kind of performance. Here at Haag we always have changing exhibitions. And um, currently, we are hosting a collective of 11 young artists uh, from the Royal Academy of Arts in The Hague. And they're all from either the fine arts or the printmaking department and they spontaneously decided to form a group. and Then they approached West, uh, and they asked maybe if they could do a temporary exhibition here. Um, The result of which you can see upstairs, today is the last day. The title of the exhibition is Without. Without kind of alludes how one cannot really exist without another. With is not really with, without. Yeah, so whatever one and the other may be, each artist, they work with their own kind of duality when they make their artworks, um, and they all do it in different ways. Um, I helped organize the exhibition, so, and I'm a philosopher myself, so I see it also from a conceptual stance that something material will always be forced up with something immaterial. And any settled idea, and also with an art practice, whenever you have a settled idea, it might always come together with the instability of another idea. So yeah, also in this Q&A, we try to approach it as a never-ending dialogue of questions, where one question is posed, an answer awaits, and when an answer rises up, it begs the question, Um, so just Practically, um, in the panel discussions, some of the artists, um, including me, were questioned about our work, other, other artists, their work, and whatever questions might come up to answer. And if someone can't answer, then others are welcome to take a seat. And with this, I would also gladly like to invite the audience. They can join the Q&A whenever they feel like they want to be questioned or whenever they have an answer for a question. Um, so these are the seats where they can take a seat and um, yeah, have their spot to be questioned. And then in this way, hopefully, we can question what it means to have a dialogue. We can reverse the roles of what it means to be in a social situation and a network. So yeah. That was it. Uh, I would gladly like to invite our hosts, Anna and Alicia. Hello.
1: Thank you, everybody, for coming. We are Anna and Alicia, and we prepared some questions for us, and hopefully we're going to answer them all. Uh, We try to connect them a little bit to what we are doing. So, Also, if you saw the exhibition or if you have the publication, Maybe it can be a little bit like a game for all of us. Yes? First question, Jader is going to try to answer. How can we tell that time is passing?
0: Well, how can we tell that time is passing? Um, It relates to the duality of time and stillness, right? Um, You could see in the exhibition that this relates to Maria's work with the long threads. It resembles hair, but it's actually synthetic material. But if I try to answer it simply, well, how can we tell the time is passing? By the clock, the ticking of the seconds. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a very synthetic kind of, like synthetic explanation. I think the real way we can tell the time is passing is maybe by our body, like our hair growing, wrinkles, gravity kicking in so I think anything more organic or anything more natural would show time the best and what is your favorite way, one another thing
1: if anyone has a new question that they want to ask you always can and we're open to discuss so what is your favorite way of the time passing
0: hmm I think, for me, I like it when a day seems way longer than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very subjective. Sometimes time seems to fly, and other times the day seems to never end. And actually, I like the latter more. Otherwise, I feel overwhelmed. Hmm. But it's weird. I don't know what the circumstances are when this happens. Sometimes uh, they say time flies when you're having fun, but sometimes time flies when I'm very stressed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And time seems to last longer when I'm very calm.
2: Yeah. Okay, next one. Next question is, what is the representation of timeless and motion?
0: Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, so I mentioned the body. Um, I think that's where you see most of the motion. That will be the best representation And if you would oppose it, it would be, for example, synthetic materials. They don't always have motion. They are usually very still. They don't grow, for example, except when they're driven by motors. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have an answer to this?
1: Do you know? Because I don't. (laughs) The best representation or this question? I don't know the answer. I was wondering okay next one how to
0: connect organic and synthetic oh yeah right yeah i think i already went into that now um also with maria's work her work looks like hair right Uh, and it goes everywhere it even goes through the holes of the locks um it's like it's completely taken over taking over like a weed and that's the pinnacle of organic, I think, but it's made of synthetic materials. And at the same time, if you think about chemicals, chemicals are synthetic, but in some sense they are delved, there. We, we get them from nature.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: For example, also with drugs, people often make the distinction between... Um, stuff that comes from the g- ground or the earth and they say that that's natural or in other discussions people say that what's organic is higher than what is synthetic because it's chemically made and it's toxic but at the same time these chemicals, they're, they're actually made from natural materials and there's no other way to, um, to, to, to in chemistry it's, it's basically just the elements Mm -hmm. So it's one and the same almost, I would say. Hmm. That's
2: true. (laughs) Next one. (laughs) What can be found through intuitive writing and drawing? Okay.
0: I see that it's for the duality of construction and deconstruction. That is from Zela's work. What can be found through intuitive writing and drawing? I think calligraphy might be a good example of intuitive writing and drawing. Really? Yeah, I think so. Um, If you're thinking about intuition then I'm thinking about something that you don't necessarily um, think about analytically, so it's from your intuition it's not from something rational. Mm -hmm. And calligraphy is the practice of meditative like writing with movement writing from not the words but more from the shapes that I would say could be found through intuitive writing and drawing this meditative element of it Mm -hmm. where it's not so much about the content but it's more about the about how it is embodied in its context Mm -hmm. So intuitive writing and drawing, I wonder whether it's really about the words then, and maybe more about the act of writing and drawing.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Next. (laughs) Where
1: does chaos mostly appear? Hmm. I would say... Nabila wants to say.
0: Yeah, maybe you could ask Nabila.
1: Oh, Nabila knows. I forgot, Nabila knows best where chaos appears.
3: For me, I find that chaos mostly appears in uh, humans. Well, if you can see, like, wars happen because of humans. You know, a lot of the global warming happened because of humans. So I really think that chaos happens because of humans and stuff.
1: Why why do you think it happens?
3: Well, human nature, we tend to destroy stuff.
1: I guess, partly we do.
3: Also because we mostly work from our emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mostly like are guided by our emotions and stuff.
0: Yeah, do you agree? Well, yes, so emotions are definitely very chaotic and it's never really clear where it comes from. I was also thinking maybe about uh, nature and our emotions are sometimes like a tornado or the, this metaphor is often used. Like, oh, I'm in a whirlwind. I'm in a, I am in feel like I'm in a tornado or I'm in, in a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So chaos, I would almost immediately think about something like a storm. Mm-hmm. But also, maybe to turn it around, maybe something that we would think to be super structured, like cyber network, maybe that is the most chaotic. If I look at... Programming codes—how do you say all these networks of c- cyber programming? <laughs> that to me looks like chaos, and then something like emotions is less chaotic to me. <laughs> it's uh, yeah,
2: yeah
3: it shifts. Well, I don't to- know what to say now.
2: <laughs> no, it's fine.
1: We go into the next one.
4: Well, coming from the conversation, I kind of thought that maybe. Chaos appears when there is a lack of control in a particular situation. Um, maybe that is perhaps the essence of chaos. When, like what you said, when um, like Yael said, when there is a storm, it's kind of just nature doing its thing, and it's not something that we have control of. And as Nambila said, with emotions, sometimes emotions are not always chaotic, but I feel like they can become chaotic when we lose control of our
3: emotions. So, yeah. Yeah, that was what I was trying to say, but I'm kind of bad with my words. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Would you guys say that chaos is scary
4: or is it something that you like that happens? I think chaos, like, it's just... It's kind of like you can't have order without chaos and that's Mm -hmm. kind of just how things work in this universe perhaps
3: i love chaos it's so beautiful in my eyes like it's just i don't know it's something like order has always made me go chaotic being in order and stuff so i don't like being in order i just like being chaotic most of the
2: time
1: Mm. nice next question
2: what can create a sense of peace oh on the other hand
1: or not on the other maybe chaos guys they don't have an answer who does uh compromising with one oh. another oh go ahead you can also have our favorite coffee
5: hmm. oh hello well i always uh, get a nice sense of peace from certain forms of architecture actually oh. surroundings and they can be very artificial but also very natural so i guess I don't know. I've, there's many, many kinds of peace that you mm-hmm. can feel, many kinds of rest or or something. Um, but I think a, a certain surrounding can have a big influence on how you feel.
1: Do you find this in the Netherlands?
5: Uh, in some places, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's very... Well, it can be peaceful because I I think there's a lot of similarities in the buildings, right? No. Yeah. So... It's kind of like a
0: peaceful, maybe, landscape, landscape? Would, would you say that the architecture that gives a sense of peace to you, is that more um, ordered or is it more chaotic? Is it like more with lines or um, is it like Gaudi's architecture that gives you a sense of peace, kind of cr- all kinds of ornaments and curves
5: I think um, the more let's say uh, if you take a garden for instance <laughs> then the the plants themselves may be chaotic but the arrangement and the the I don't know the buildings in and around the garden may be very ordered um, I don't think in my, in my opinion very decorative architecture for instance is not very peaceful because there's many things you can look at but that's just my opinion Mm
2: -hmm. thank you next one can composition be beautiful? decomposition decomposition Um, decomposition
0: is quite morbid right? it's about something dying if you think about flowers when flowers um, how do you say when flowers decompose they take on a new kind of shape but they're still flowers and i feel flowers are something very they're um inherently beautiful or people agree that flowers are something that um is has beauty in it so then of course when it decays and it gets this new shape actually almost it becomes a new flower then yes it's still beautiful mm-hmm. but it does start to stink a little bit or it gets a different kind of darker color and these thing these new smells and these new new colors are often associated with something ugly but it's actually just a new shape that the flower is taking yeah. So that's what I would, like. My what I would think.
1: So do you think mostly in organic uh, farms? Because maybe the composition in less organic objects is not as
0: beautiful. Oh, like, um, but if you have a ruins, ruins. If we n- yeah, we all true. go to <laughs> to the Acropolis in Greece and mm-hmm. we adore the ruins, so. Yeah. But maybe we would have adored it more if it was not decomposed. Mm-hmm. That's not that's something I have no answer to.
1: I was thinking about because um, in our times, I think maybe the composition is less and less beautiful because we pr- we produce more and more things that are temporary, and they don't they don't um, show as much beauty as as. Uh, in the past, like you would have, for example, a leather jacket, right? That's um, 50 years old, and it's still amazing. And now we make make tons of things, but they they decompose and they they stay garbage or something.
0: Yeah, maybe we don't even let it decompose anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we're used to um, higher standards and. Um we're also used to rep- reproduction. So we can just get a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's interesting, yes. All right. <laughs> what can
1: symbolize the connection between dying and living? I think that's, we can find something. I don't. Are
0: we really alive? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to say hospital.
3: <laughs> what but you I said guess. about are we really alive? For me, life feels like a simulation. To be honest, um, like I feel like there's a, I feel like there's something controlling all of us. So, like some sort of not like god but like some kind of being that is controlling us from far but i'm not quite sure what is the connection between dying and living like a symbol yeah like a symbol or something like maybe time
4: it's kind time. of time like the what, what, one thing that happens between living and dying is that's time. true good one
3: yeah i mean time will always be there right okay What makes you believe in a physical world pain pain yeah I mean like the fact that we feel pain means that some it's we're living in a physical world right
0: yeah in some way in some way it's very uh, yeah it is like one of the biggest factors that you're saying I would say sensory experience and that's also pain even though it's all happening in our brain and maybe what... Because like in quantum physics, they would say that... Well, I'm not not an expert in quantum physics, but the thesis there is that we only feel things because our intention is directed towards feeling it. Mm -hmm. So it would uh, mean that um, we have a lot of power or we have agency over what we feel, something like this but still we feel it so the sensory experience is there whether the objects are um, produced by us or not and I think in the end the experience is um, the fact that we have an experience is the most fundamental
4: whether the objects are out there or here yeah and you I agree with the um, what's it called? sensory experience yeah yeah i guess i guess it was a simple one <laughs> but then i have a question
0: if if that is the answer if it is sensory experience then would art necessarily have to be sensory would, to, uh, would art necessarily yeah. have to be sensory yeah
1: Whoa! i don't think there's another way for now
0: because how how would it be not not sensory uh yeah that's also a question how would it not be sensory well i'm for example thinking about either digital art or conceptual art but that's still something you would see yeah right um but it's in some way less sensory
1: i guess for it to be non-sensory it would have to only deal with thoughts right it would deal with what? we're only with thoughts. So maybe Thought. maybe if you would leave leave it in the in the stage of a concept. Yeah. That's actually I think that's what people are scared of. Because we're going more and more towards this direction, you know? And uh, it's less and less material. And yes. some, you know, the there there is a group that says, well, if it's just a concept and why why is it called art or something and then we have works that are
4: almost non-sensory maybe i think this conversation um immediately also makes me think of uh, uh, knowledge production like whether knowledge is created from sensory experience or innate thoughts but um I think it's a pretty heavy topic for now. I think it's also <laughs> a
1: topic with no, like no, no answer, or like no uh, real conclusion for now. Oh, yes. yes.:
6: <laughs> So uh, the nonsensical art that um, I just think about one example. That's uh, the junk cage for a minute and 33 seconds. Uh-huh. And that's a complete empty sound performance. And if you're there, you can't sense anything. So, I think it might be a bit related to yeah. you know, to this. Yeah.
1: That's true. That's a really good example. And I think it's also a very good example of like a controversial topic in art. Next question. A cat is what?
4: A feline. What? A, a feline. What is that? It's like like a classification for animal for
3: animals kind of thing biology stuff Jesus Kiara (laughs) Muhammad but also a cat is a really big symbol in ancient Egyptian mythology that's true it's like some kind of like higher being right I don't know yeah what else I want
1: everyone to tell me what is cat I'm interested Anna what is cat cat is what
4: pet pet mammal a pet also
6: i know i feel like everyone can be a cat
3: oh right
6: (laughs) like in different uh occasions or different circumstances people might be cats so Mm.
3: but that would make you a furry Hmm? that would make you a furry though
6: yeah why not
3: yeah (laughs) it's not that bad (laughs) nice
7: your answers seem to be just talking about small cats. Oh, because like a lion's not a pet.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. A lion would be an illegal pet. Yeah, <laughs> lion is also a cat. What is your favorite cat? Oh, a Lion. Yes.
4: Oh. Yes,
7: but so I was thinking when you, I thought your answers are very really restricted. So if you're talking about physical, metaphysical, I mm-hmm. think you might have a broader idea of what a cat is, or maybe the spirit of a cat, or how a cat. Oh, in law, my daughter, daughter's a law student, and in law, a dog, if I have a dog and dog breaks something, I'm liable for it. But if I have a cat and my cat breaks the same thing, uh, I'm not liable for it. Really? Because dogs can be trained and cats can't.
1: Wow. Yeah.
7: So I challenge you to broaden your idea of cat from yeah. pet to something bigger.
0: Really yeah. nice. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, yes. you're you're rightly pointing us to the duality, right? So, Nabila, you just mentioned it's also a symbolism, like in Egyptian mythology. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a good point. It means different things in different contexts. Yeah, holy, holy for the Egyptians, but maybe not holy for the law. <laughs>
2: what can help us to process death like living the living no to to live oh.
0: I think what helps us process death is living like um, ha- having more exp- more life experiences and that would put it into perspective. Like the more days go on, the more days you've lived, the more you can process the death that has occurred, I would say. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: I guess it becomes more bearable once you grow up and you live more days, right? Is that what you're trying to say? Bearable um, is then I think another um,
0: factor um I was thinking in the most abstract way like the opposite of death is how you process death and maybe also with other things it yeah it's almost too too fitting with um with the with our theme so yeah, I would say it in this abstract sense, but definitely, if you would take it practically, the more days you've lived, the more um, bearable it becomes, because you become more distant from it.
4: I think acceptance also helps us process it. Yeah.
7: <laughs> Hi, my name is uh, Joke. Hello. And in, in stating this question, you already presume you can process death well I'm quite a bit older than all you of you are and I've encountered death several times in my life you can't, in my opinion, you can't process death, mm-hmm. you can live with it mm-hmm. and that's something very different
0: Yeah, that's true so, so then you would say it's always alongside you, next to you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in, in a way, it helps you never to
7: forget those who died. Mm-hmm. Right. So and processing death would mean if you if it's it's uh, if you think of a person, it would enhance as if you forget
1: someone, and that's, that's I don't think it's your intention uh. Yeah. And what helps you? What helps you get along with it? Maybe. Well,
7: that's living. That's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, enjoying life, yeah, and talking about the people who have passed away.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: But, but processing, I don't believe in processing death.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
3: But death can be many things. So, like, death can be like not only death of a person. it can be death yeah. of a relationship. Yeah, exactly. Death yeah. of a yeah. um, of a job or something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of your identity as well. Yeah,
1: of a flower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Next question. How can we tell our stories?
3: Through art, through writing a book, through mm-hmm. um, verbal spe- verbally speaking to someone about our stories. There are many ways to tell our stories. How, are you, how do you tell your story?
1: Through art? my paintings. Through your paintings. Yeah. Kara, I want to say something.
4: Well, um, I guess it would be in a nutshell. It would just be a matter of communication, and as Nabila has expressed uh, previously, there are different forms of communication. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of like an output.
1: Do you need to tell your story? Do you feel like you
0: need to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know. It seems. It seems like in your work, Kiara, you tell tell a story through objects but who is then really the one making the story that's the person who views the work right so in that sense an artist can choose to tell their own story and communicate it but you can also choose as an artist to not tell a story and just montage and assemble so that you leave it up to the Viewer and also with writing, this can be the case. Like with surrealist literature, it's more mostly about the reader, (laughs) how they're going to fill in the blanks, the Mm. whites between the lines, and compose. Um. Oh,
2: (laughs) yes.
8: I have a question to that. Um, What is a story?
1: What is a
0: story yeah um, a story yeah what is a story is also just a narrative so a story is maybe something that where we connect the dots between what is already there so a story is very subjective um, I wonder whether a story really relates to like a story seems something almost fictional to me. I think I would
1: say that maybe if I were if I had to describe it for myself I would say that maybe story has to have a subject or something.
4: But I feel like then anything could be a story. Like for example um biking like commuting from home to work in itself could be a story or any other occurrence for that matter could be turned into a story. It's like a happening basically, or an occurrence, in my opinion. then
8: Is it relating to time and place, also?
4: I think so. Maybe there is some sort of change, or yeah, I think time would be, an, I guess, an integral aspect, because if it's just static, then it's just that, nothing is happening. Or maybe, like, yeah, maybe a subject is necessary, because then I can already imagine, like, oh, a story about a man who just sits for, like, The entirety of his life that could also be a story of its own but I guess it also requires some sort of
3: Uh, Yael said the story is subjective but can it be objective I don't know but
1: I see from your questions that you might have an answer do you
8: (laughs) well I think story in itself it's subjective from the person that makes the story but also from the person that reads it or sees it or Sense, senses it, and I think it's related to time and to place. And objective, it's more like when we describe things. And I don't think it's a story in it. But I don't have I don't have an idea about it too. It, it, yeah. it triggers me the, yeah. the question a, a lot, like what, what is it? When is it a story, and when
0: I'm not now thinking of a still life. So if you have a painting, which is a still life, or any painting actually, paintings are just a snapshot and you see some things, how does it tell its story? It's really up, I may be up to the viewer to to imagine it and to make this, make it up. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. if we would just put some uh, random objects in a, in one place and then put a frame around it or picture, make a picture, then suddenly it becomes a story because of how it's framed or because it's framed as an artwork.
8: And how, you, how the person perceives it. Yeah. I think you can make it a story yourself maybe mm-hmm. also. And then you come to thoughts, I guess. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions about it. Yeah. <laughs> but Thank you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Next question. How do you balance energies in your work? How do you balance energies in your work? Hmm,
1: I'm not sure if I do that. <laughs> Maybe they already are balanced. Did you want to say something?
5: Um, well, I, I kind of agree with Chiara that I don't really balance. Mm-hmm. Maybe a balance may appear in my work in terms of energy, but... It also just depends on the moment and the, how I feel while making something and that can change. So, uh, I don't know if I can actually go into a project or, or a work with balance already in, in there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, I think, I think
0: the lack of balance is. A trigger sometimes yeah maybe that is what makes
4: work what gets you moving
5: exactly this
4: yeah. uh this uh this tension hmm but maybe i have a question also because i don't i'm not sure if i entirely understand what this energy is so i'm wondering if any of you maybe have an idea of what this so-called energy
1: what and ener- like you mean the trigger for work yeah because like oh, balance oh, energy oh.
4: like <laughs> what what is energy <laughs> uh, what is this energy like is it anger is it negative and positive
1: <laughs> well but, I guess but what if there's no energy yes? in the work? is is it related to human tragedy yeah. It's related, uh, it's, it is, yeah, it's related to humor and tragedy. Uh, it's related in a way that humor and tragedy is the duality that, who chose it? Daniel. Daniel, it's about Daniel's work. So if you saw his paintings, maybe you can answer. He says, he said that he is trying to balance energies in his work, and also that he's tra- he tries to contain seriousness in humor and vice versa, something around this?
0: Yeah, that's something that uh, what you're saying about seriousness, that is something that connects humor and tragedy. Like, if you look at, for example, Greek tragedies, um, a lot of them are also incorporating humor to enhance the tragedy. And a lot of humor that we know, like slapstick, is is all about tragedy, like people experiencing pain. So in, but in that sense, if we're talking about balancing energies, it's what makes humor really, really funny is this balance. What lets tragedy really feel, sor- feel sorry for it is also a subtle balance. But um, yeah, it's, it's a bit more specific. Huh? Yeah,
6: yeah I, I think so. And also, like uh, in one of Daniel's paintings, there's a one that's uh, people in Philippines that they really like to do karaoke's, but there's one song that is banned from the government and mm-hmm. that painting is talking about how that uh, the Philippines knows are uh, seeing karaoke but the police come in and then shooting people so I think maybe that's the energy that he wanted to um, To balance. Yes, from the joy and the human tragedy. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Next. Thank you for talking to us. What is the most human thing?
4: Altruism, I think, is a very human thing. If you want me to explain what that is. So, if I remember and understand correctly, altruism is kind of like doing pro-social behavior so kind of helping another person that doesn't necessarily like that doesn't um enhance like your chances of survival in an evolutionary sense Mm -hmm. so i think i don't know I, i learned this like in psychology back in high school and it's been some time so i might be mistaken but it's kind of like putting yourself like hmm I'm not sure if I know how to word it correctly.
3: So, is it kind of like empathy? No. I mean, I think yeah, empathy is definitely. But, yeah, but there are people who don't really have empathy. For example, sociopaths and psychopaths are they less human than people who have empathy? Hmm. What,
1: well, yeah. Let the other talk. She's she has all the definitions.
0: <laughs> hmm? I have a lot of answers. I have a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times, what they say of psychopaths or sociopaths is that they are not human. But so I, a lot of them. A lot of times they say they're monsters rather than they're human. So it would. It, it would be in line with what Chiara is saying, that mm. the most human thing would be altruism, and then people who lack that would be seen as less human. But at the same time, uh, we can see a lot of altruism also in animals, like um, elephants who have rituals of mourning, like uh, of when they um, bury their dead. They all stand around, and this is not necessarily... Or you could, you could argue whether that is for their survival or whether it's from empathy. And I think also empathy was made to make us
4: survive so that we do not kill each other. But what, maybe what the most human things are making decisions that do not directly reflect to our survival chances or are ever like kind of going against our evolutionary needs maybe it's a human thing like i don't know like buying the hottest hottest sneaker currently like you okay maybe it will chan- it will raise your chance of like reproducting or finding a mate or something but it does not necessarily mean you will not survive in the evolutionary sense maybe I think it's the small like it's the freedom to make these decisions maybe is a hu- is a human thing and it like I think art is kind of one of these creative decisions as well I think I don't know
0: I thought of something different completely I was thinking of love
4: <laughs> Can but that you but
0: like love in the sense of intimacy So, for example, you could say animals also know love and they know this to reproduce, but then the experience of intimacy, I don't know if animals would have that so much. I think it has to do also with our capacity to analyze and to reflect upon importance, and then that will
4: be more human than animal. Maybe philosophy is the most human thing also,
1: I think it's uh, thinking, or maybe trying.
6: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, the, um, like what is human things is that the things that only humans do, and other creatures they don't do, right? Oh, yeah. And so, in every different perspective, that there's always a most uh, human things, and for me, maybe it's consumptions. So, I think it's really hard to discuss the most because we have we everyone have like their different experience Mm.
3: for me i think cognitive thinking and behavior is the most human thing big subject
1: next one what is vulnerable and strong
4: at the same time being on stage and talking to strangers
1: (laughs) yeah i agree Anything else? (laughs) The body. The body. Yeah, also. The human mind as well. Maybe that's the most human thing.
2: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Where does the line of cultural artefact and art objects cease to exist?
4: I don't know. (laughs) Oh, context, I think. The context of which the thing in question is created, but then that doesn't really answer as to why the, the distinction exists to begin with, I think.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's also personal.
4: I think it has a lot to do with context and attitude, but yeah. it's not something that I necessarily know of. Yeah. But either. you're trying to answer. Yeah, at least from my perspective.
1: Yeah. Next one. And can something lie between what is considered folk art and the art
4: that we experience? <laughs> this question makes me sad. <laughs> you asked it. I know. And then you put it here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an easy question.
0: Can something lie between what, what is, is the it? difference
4: between folk art and the art that
0: we experience?
4: Well, I guess from my not-so-deep research of what folk slash outsider art is it's kind of like art that is done in a usually well I guess this is maybe this is like a western gaze but it's art that is made in like a more cultural context so it has a function and or significance within that culture and as opposed to like the art that we do it's kind of in context with other works and perhaps, well, if you go to Google and you look, and you type in, oh, what is like folk art, people would kind of, well, some descriptions would write as in that, oh, it's art that is made outside of like an institution or like outside of a formal art education, which is, I don't know, raises some questions about maybe, I don't know, it makes me think of like some sort of, not elitism, but like. Are there folk art academies? I think maybe, well, I guess maybe if you think of like craft, like, yeah, yeah, that would count, I think. But it's, again, a a completely different context and attitude, I suppose, in my opinion.
0: And it also nicely fits with myth and memory. Um, which is your duality, where um, a lot of times folk art, so these artifacts, they're seen as heritage. They're seen as something that preserves a culture or preserves a tradition. I'm just thinking about these little ornaments, of you know where we that we have in the in the museum and at the same time they're very mythological even though it is historical but it's at the same time we get this feeling of mystery from them and uh, it's it's a good question because we don't have this thing with contemporary art. We don't place contemporary art in a, that much in this mythological setting of yeah. oh we who knows who made it? It's made by anonymous. No, it, we treat it very differently, yeah. and I
4: don't mm-hmm. know
1: why.
0: Mystery. Next, how to
4: overcome the frustration of language. I also don't know, <laughs> I, but I do think that recognizing your frustration is already one big step, and then, well, I guess you can never really escape language, yeah. so you just kind of have to learn to accept your frustration and learn to live with it somehow.
1: I think so too. I, I from my experience when I came here, I was talking a lot better English than now, <laughs> and i was um and i think then afterwards i was frustrated because i felt like i'm not myself anymore that i'm trying i'm trying to be so correct and everything but then um now i'm accepting more that uh, that i'm just polish you know (laughs) and maybe maybe just accepting where you come from because then then you stop expecting from yourself and everyone else that we have to communicate so clearly and you start communicating with
0: the person and not the language. It's interesting what you're saying because a lot of things go beyond language and I'm just thinking of the exhibition we have in the library, it's about sign language. Yeah. Um, and that artists really would say that most of the communication happens non-verbally so it would not happen in spoken or written language but it's actually about the space that we occupy to bring something across or to express
2: something yeah, yeah. our generation has everything why is everyone struggling
5: um i don't have a very clear answer straight away but I quite often think about this actually because then I I think I'm actually, I was born in a very nice country, I am privileged in many ways, and even then I I somehow seem to forget that a lot of the time and I still, you know, I'm not living the great life that, that that people seem to think you will live if you have all these things, right? Um, what I mean to say by that is that yeah, I it's strange because in a, in a lot of ways we are living much better than we did let's say 100 years ago in terms of medicine and communication I could talk to somebody on the other side of the world in a second and that was unbelievable 20 years ago and I think maybe because these things are so normal now all these, you know, good things that we then forget how valuable they are, and then we just focus again on all the negative things. Maybe hmm.
3: I don't think we can ever escape problems. To be honest, we we will always have problems no matter how perfect our life is. I mean, for example, like I think I'm my own problem. Like I make, I like my life is so perfect, but I create problems for myself. So I don't think anyone can ex- ever escape problems and struggles. Yeah. But, but um,
1: it's also it's it's really a thing for our generation that we are we're kind of spoiled, you know. We have
4: a lot. Yeah. But like does our generation really have has everything?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's a that's a, I don't think so. I think it's a, I
4: really uh, yeah. maybe. Well, I think our um well, I don't know because I think a lot of people in our generation are still I don't know, don't have access to clean water or Electricity and these kind of things. So I don't think our generation has everything, but I think things are just a lot. Well, I guess now we have the capacity to kind of assess how, you know, like how how change is possible. Maybe Hmm. I don't know.
5: Maybe um, maybe we also see a lot more of the negative side. uh, Many negative things because. If you look online at news, it's almost all negative, but that's why sometimes I think like, oh, wow, like shit's really going down these days. But stuff like that's always been happening and it's easier for us to get information. So it's also easier for us to get bad information and sad things and things that make us unhappy. Whereas... You know, it used to be that you you would live somewhere and it could take a week for a letter to be delivered, right? Um, So I think there's many good things these days about all this technology and and development we have, except there's also the side effect that we can... I don't know, we we got bad news much quicker. So it seems like everything's bad, I guess.
4: But I think it's also that we've kind of like we're existing in a time now where yeah we have everything but kind of we're here but for a lot of the time like things like colonialism patriarchy that kind of stuff was like I think what I'm trying to say is that we still have a lot to unlearn and the reason why we're still suffering is that it's kind of like yeah all like a lot of bad shit happened in the past and we're still like collectively healing and also humans are very complex being and everyone has their own personal yeah. circumstances so I don't
0: Yeah, I think also to add to what you're saying or to paraphrase it I think the more accumulation there is the more things hap- that happen and the faster things happen so the more access and the more consumption we have it creates extra responsibility or having to deal with it and maybe it's not even our generation of course the other generations are all, also all dealing with this accumulation of information and the acceleration of information
3: i agree with you on that one you know do you know the phrase curiosity killed the cat you know like the more we know something the more it kills us like you know like yeah. yeah. we also
1: have the like nowadays we finally kind of have the space and time to think or something, you know? And I think our generation has the most time since a long time ago that we really, we can sit (laughs) and think. And the stress piled up is now being released. Nice.
3: (laughs) Next one. What should we do? Focus on ourselves and our growth. And become better people every day and focus on our mistakes and try to not do them again and yeah I think a lot of
0: people would also say rather focus on others right but I I do agree with you I do feel that what should we do I think we should we should put therapists in every
3: school Like if we focus on others, we need to focus on ourselves first in order to uh, to be able to focus on others. I agree. Will tomorrow be better? Depends on your today and how your yeah. today is going. Yeah. Your 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 present shapes your future and your past. How is it going? <laughs> how
2: is your today? Okay. <laughs> what is the highest hill around? In
1: the
4: Netherlands, <laughs> in the Netherlands, I know there's no hills. If if you go to leidschendam there is this one artificial hill with a site-specific work that's a like a monastery. If you go on a tram uh, or metro towards Rotterdam, you're gonna go past it, but it's really? one man-made hill. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, next.
1: What does a band do? Do things together. Together. Make
3: music, make memories. Depends on what you define to be a band, though. Doing things together.
4: (laughs) Or a group doing things. I don't know.
3: What
0: does your band do, Anna and Alicia?
1: (laughs) I don't know if we can tell you, because... hmm, it's a little bit of uh,
2: what do you say? Surprise! How does artificial objects attacks us in the digital age? Um, well, artificial objects aren't they
0: made to help us in the digital age? Well, aren't they aren't they produced to because we find something a problem and then we make a, an object to release. Us from that problem. I and think that's the intention. That's the intention. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs>
6: um, I think the artificial object attached us is the feeling of disgust and reject. It's something like when you see something, you wanted to vomit when you see some something rotten, or mm. like the. Ex exorcism, Yes. in the religion rituals, and because the artificial, since the, for example, like robot or AI, they kind of have the symbol of older, and what block the older? It's kind. It's like the humanity. So the art artificial objects wanted to attack us it's like they wanted to get rid of something dis- they discuss like the humanity mm. i don't know that if that makes sense
0: mm. yeah and also robots and automations they're anonymous right so that's also something very threatening in a way because we cannot identify with a robot, or we do not feel like that is an extension of us. We don't feel, we don't see ourselves in, in artificial objects. But then you're really more talking about digital uh, electrical objects or more like robots, or also a cup,
8: Like an
6: AI kind of thing, instead of a cup. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's go to the next one, because we only have so much time.
3: How do we imitate nature? By being chaotic, like what we mentioned earlier, like Mm. we're as chaotic as nature. I feel like we, our emotions, can go off as like thunderstorms, or like, you know, like we can, like blast off like nature. Is
4: that imitation or a part of nature? Yeah, but then I was wondering because then the the question suggests that we are not part of nature, but I
1: think the question would be more about how do we imitate the nature as in trees and and such for example if we go to mars i'm you know if elon musk invites us
4: how do we imitate nature on mars <laughs> well nature on mars is how it is in mars so yeah
1: desolate do we or maybe do we need to imitate nature maybe we don't do we i think the problem is the extinction of nature as we know it is faster than the development of technology can you say it again the degradation of nature as we know it is faster than the technology that we can come up with for us to survive i think that's the problem if we Oh my God, I went into
0: the whole subject, but... Yeah, it's a wormhole. It's a rabbit hole now. Because what I think, Kiera, what you just mentioned, um, like the question assumes that we are not part of nature. And it's also earlier we were talking about synthetic and organic. And then I mentioned like synthetic materials are actually also organic because we made them and also if you're talking about technology technology is actually also nature because it yeah, comes right we developed it so in a sense it's all um, an, ex- an extension of us um so we cannot imitate nature yeah i agree we are nature we are nature
1: and everything that we do including overconsumption including question mark question mark exclamation point
2: <laughs> How can we be certain of what? what can
3: we be certain of We can never be certain of anything life is full of uncertainties and that's what's killing me to be honest Is it Yes do you want to accept it or do you are you still do you still want to be certain i want to be certain but i know that will never happen so mm. i have to accept the fact that life is so uncertain mm. like the future is uncertain we'll never know what's gonna happen tomorrow
4: that's what it. can we be
3: certain of i know time, time. <laughs>
4: no also not wait Why we not? are certain of our death we are gonna die one day oh yes We are certain that today, on a Sunday, we are sitting in the auditorium of (laughs) OS. Quick advertisement.
1: (laughs) Okay, next. Where is the space for emotions
0: nowadays? I feel that there is becoming more and more awareness of people having being of people having feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I do wonder if that's in a good way or in a bad way though. I feel that people are acknowledging that we are sensitive. At the same time people are scared yeah. of sensitivity. So then we create extra rules <laughs> so that there can be harmony within people's sensitivities but um, I think there we do not leave
3: space for emotions Hmm. I feel like being emotional is still a taboo like when I was talking to my teacher about how my works are about emotions he was kind of like yeah but it seems like it's more like a diary and I'm like but I'm just trying to express my emotions like what's so bad about it You know, I feel like it's still a taboo to express your emotions
0: Hmm. yeah people somehow cringe at it there ne- also in art or on the workplace there needs to be a formality or something where you're not too intense where you're not dominating especially in holland i feel that this is really a culture of do normal just be normal don't disturb and yeah even in a, a place like an art academy that they don't that they don't find it sophisticated enough that's uh, that's crazy yeah
3: is there a storm coming? Depends on what kind of storm are you talking about. Whatever you want. I feel like a storm is coming from me. <laughs> I'm always like a storm, like I'm always like very chaotic and stuff, so... Always stormy. Always about to explode. I'm like a time-taking bomb that's about to explode, you know? Very edgy. But you already came here. Yes.
0: Yeah. Did you actually
3: explode yet? No, but I feel like I'm about to. No, but I'm going to keep it in just for the professionality of it. (laughs) So it's not.
1: Is that it? Guys, we answered all the questions. Okay. I guess that's a
4: success for today.